If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider helping by supporting our show. Although never expected, any support for our show enables us to keep bringing the audiobook club to your ears. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and welcome to Season 2 of the Audiobook Club with John York. The Audiobook Club, partnered with Pro Audio Voices, celebrates audiobooks, the amazing people and teams who make them happen, as well as the various talents behind storytelling. To learn more about Amplify and other opportunities to grow your sales, platform and audience, head over to ProAudioVoices.com and listen out for a short but informational advertisement within this episode. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Audiobook Club. Today we're so lucky to be joined by voiceover artist, fellow podcaster and voice coach Nick Redman. Nick, thank you so much for joining me on the show. How are you today? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, so as is um, a little tradition on this show, I'd love to start by asking you um, about your background. Could you tell us um, a little about how you found yourself in the world of voiceover as well as specialising in vocal health? Yeah, so I trained as an... I, I, my journey's probably a bit of a cliche. <laughs> I trained, <laughs> trained as an actor. I was tittin' about the West End doing musical theatre and then one day someone was like, you're Northern Irish, will you come to the studio and record this stuff for us and we'll give you like £400? And I was like, sure. <laughs> so um, off I poodled and I did a, in hindsight, probably very boring corporate for a, a medical, like a... a it was a telly that was going to play stuff in a surgery or something. Okay. Uh, so I did that, but I just loved it. I just loved it. And I had one of those moments of like, ping, <laughs> this is good and fun. And that guy seems happy. And uh, yeah. yeah, that was great. And then they gave me money for it. And I was like, hang on a second. Um, so I pursued that and infiltrated a little um, voiceover meetup and okay. talked to people and did what I do when I get my head set on something, which is find out how to do more of it. Yeah. I heard that everybody had home studios. So I was like, well, I'll need one of those. So I got some money and I bought a home, like, let's call it a home studio. It was very, very loose setup. <laughs> and like literally had to crawl into almost a cupboard on my belly and record lying down. And then I just got in the blower and I told everybody I was available and I was Northern Irish and I had a studio. And that seemed yeah. to be pleasing. And then I just got obsessed with voice and like the power and the potential of human voice. You know, having spent so much time in musical theatre and having people going, you sound great, but you look wrong. You look yeah. great, but you sound wrong. And everything being in some way in those days, like linked to aesthetic, I mm. just find it so liberating and exciting that it was just about my voice. So I went back to uh, Central School of Speech and Drama. Sorry, Royal Central School of Speech and Drama in London, right. where I did my training in musical theatre and mm. I did another master's degree in um, voice studies and that was training to be a voice coach and that was kind of the final piece of the puzzle so now I spend my time either on the mic talking myself for this yeah. or my podcast or helping other people on the mic yeah. and it's brilliant that's fantastic so did you you, you say you started out um, in acting before transitioning over to voiceover was performance then always on the cards for you yeah I think so Although once I got to the reality of what a life doing musical theatre was in the West End, I was like, 
what was I thinking? I hate working nights. This is terrible. And yeah. I, and the uh, the sacrifice wasn't quite worth the gains for me at that time. And I was finding it really tough. And it wasn't, you know, that mm. little girl dream that I'd thought of. Um, so I had always aimed and always wanted to be a performer. And that's been my had been my entire focus for my whole mm. life since I was tiddlywiddly. And then I found Mike performance and I was like, this is it. I'm much more comfortable, not in vision, yeah. just my voice. And, you know, when I when I talk to my mom and dad about it, they're like, well, you were always doing impressions and you were always doing silly things with your voice. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember now. <laughs> so I think it was always destined to be. But what I love also about the coaching is that I just feel without wanting to sound too like, I mean, I'm not bloody Mother Teresa, but I love help. <laughs> I love also feeling like I've got a worthy skill that can help other people. Like yeah. that's a really nice, satisfying thing. And the older I get, the more I just love working with people and helping them find their voice and feel yeah. comfortable and confident and open and expressive and engaged. Like, I love it. It's great. Did you find that, um, obviously, you know, running your own business and offering these services, did you find that the business side of things came naturally to you? Or was that, you know, because you have the performance side, and then you have the business side, um, which did you find that like sort of they came hand in hand or was it something that you had to work on down the line? Um, I've always been self-employed in some way. So there was an element of always being very self-driven. Mm. I've had the odd part-time job to supplement things over the years, but I was always more comfortable um, plowing my own furrow, as my dad would say. Yeah. You know, and I just, I love the freedom that comes with it. And I think the older I've got on the more, funnily enough, I think the more I got into coaching, the more business, um, the more I've invested in learning about running a business, when I was doing voiceover, I think I was very Irish about it. I was very much like, well, I'll just make friends with people and then maybe they'll give me some work and I'll just get in the blower and I'll just tell people that I'm here. And and turns out that's what's called networking. <laughs> so I never really, I wasn't really like business focused at that time more than I needed to make some money and I needed to make mm. this venture work. Yeah. You know, I wasn't doing much in the way of like in incredibly impressive stuff. I just made myself known. That was the focus. And, you know, I've met yeah. some of my closest friends in voiceover because they've seen me in a Facebook group at some point mm. making making an agent of myself or commenting on something or like I've just always make, made myself uh, I'm just friendly I think yeah <laughs> so that's number one business tip be friendly just be friends with people <laughs> and, and 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 good at your job and, and hopefully everything else will fall into place now that I've been coaching and I've been sort of building that side of my business for nearly seven years now mm. I am like all over it like business strategy quarters goal planning goal setting and I love it and I yeah. love that it feels more organized and more tangible and it's not just well hopefully i'll get some work this month you know it's well i need to make this much so how am i going to do that let's work back um, yeah yeah i love that and that's funny enough that's probably where the voiceover career planner came from that i set up with um leah marks who is my co-host on and they're very much the driving force behind the voiceover social podcast that we make mm. um i have a load of business planners here but none of them were quite right and i said to her i think I might like to make a planner. Do you want to help me? And she was like, yes. So that's when that project kind of snowballed down a hill and became the voiceover career planner. Fantastic. It's tremendously helpful. You mentioned uh, networking there. I just wondered if you had, for for ones who are, you know, getting into this industry, perhaps haven't, um, you know, been around all that long. 
what would be your sort of top places for them to to join? Is it on? Is you know, is Facebook the go to now? Is there other areas that you would say to to definitely get involved in? Yeah, I think you can't get away from the fact that an online presence is hugely important. I think with social media, you have to go into it with an awareness of how much of a time suck and how much chaos it is in there and have a goal and a desire and do what you need to do and then get the hell out again. I've had work through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I get a lot of work through my website. Hmm. So I think you have to... It's not about saying, well, you have to do this one because that one might not be for everybody. And if you don't want to be on Facebook because it's an absolute hellhole, then I have a lot of respect for you and I'm jealous. And then don't go on Facebook. Um, There's loads of castings happening more on Twitter now, which I find interesting. Mm. And Discord and some of those other things. And if you're coming up in one of the younger generations, um, then that might be more your vibe, you know? Um, Whatever it is, you have to remember what it's about. And that is that it's about creating relationships i think Mm. and somebody gave me a rule god yonks ago now i can't even remember who it was it's probably just a general rule but it's like the 80 20 rule and that is 20 percent. this is what i do 80 percent connection sharing with other people asking questions building community showing value all that kind of stuff then Mm. it's like 20 percent. p.s this is my demo aren't i good book me the problem happens with all that kind of marketing when you're like me 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 nda me 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 new demo nda me 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 or uh anything that becomes hello at curry's customer service i'm terribly upset with why my washing machine so I think the 80-20 rule, whatever social media you choose, and the other thing is remember that there is strategy behind that as well. So Mm. there are some brilliant people you can follow on Instagram and such who help with social media strategy and organization. So you're not going, well, what do I post? Like, what do I put today? Um, So it's about understanding that you you can plan really far in advance and then it becomes really lovely and manageable. And you can have lots of interesting different types of content or like pillars of content to talk about. So you're not constantly sharing like bird selfie over and over again. Yeah, I think that's that's tremendously helpful uh, and certainly a trap that I've fallen down myself. <laughs> myself. <laughs> so um, moving on to um, a little bit more uh, talking about, you know, vo- vo- uh, voice coach side of things. Uh, vocal warm-ups are, of course, incredibly popular. I know many narrators who listen to this show have their own practice for this. But for those who are perhaps new to the industry, those who may not yet know much about why or or how to warm up before a long session in the booth, could you speak a little about why this is so important and perhaps how one can get started in, in building a, a warm-up routine? Yeah, of course. So I think... A warm up is important because it's about preparing your voice to do the job in the easiest and freest way possible. So particularly mm. with audiobook narration, that falls into the category for many people of extreme voicing. You know, that can mm. be six to seven hours recording in a day. That can be hundreds of characters, loads yeah. of accents, vocal gymnastics, loads of emotion. It's a big feat and it's about getting your voice and your mind and your body ready to go. So it's preparatory. The benefits of doing a warm up are like many fold. Um, but I think the main one is making your speaking job as easy as possible. So you want to be able to have as much range 
as mm. much clarity as is necessary, as much expression, as much access to different vocal varieties and tones if you're trying to do loads of different characters. And in order to do that, you need to you need to warm things up and um, a decent warm up needs to release tension mainly and then tone and excite the bits that are going to be doing the work. Okay. <laughs> so it's about releasing tension and then uh, connecting with your breath and getting your mind in the game as well. Hmm. And then toning and getting the response active so that when you go to make a particular sound or you get a, a tricky set of words in a row, you're not having to work really hard to get over them. So for me, the warm up process is about knowing your voice quite well. And that is a process and a journey. So it's about reflecting on certain processes, like when do you feel you get vocally tired? How long do you feel like you can record for? What's going on with your body on the microphone? How's your alignment? Are you having issues with breath or do you trip mm. up over particular words? Combinations of sound, like the same mm. combinations of sound all the time. Um, and with a bit of reflection on your performance, you can start to kind of backwards engineer the sorts of things you might need in your warm up. And that's sort of what I encourage in the summer course. It's for sale at the moment, actually. It's Jack Hara. Uh, it's called the Vocal Empowerment Program, and it's about getting you really aware and understanding your instrument and what you need to do to it in order to prepare it. And then it's all the ex loads and loads of exercises that you can piece together warm ups from and resets and cool downs. But the four things to think about are your body, your breath, the sound and speech mm. then so the forming of the words so body is all about releasing tension that can be spine rolls shoulder rolls neck stretches wherever you feel your tension then breath is all about release of the breath and making the breath coming in and out nice and easily mm. and also then a connection to support and engagement of the breath and then sound is all about the vocal folds themselves so that's getting the vocal folds vibrating nicely that's getting the breath coming through um, nice and consistently and also understanding and opening up the different resonance potential you have for like different tonal varieties hmm. and then speech is all about shaping so that's your articulators which need to be first released of tension and then the response worked on with like tongue twisters and silly consonant drills and that kind of thing yeah those are the four steps i recommend and those are the four steps we work through in the vocal empowerment program i'm so pleased you mentioned the vocal empowerment program which i do have a few questions about that um in a little bit if that's okay to dip more into that um now, continuing on with like pre-booth, you know, pre-recording session kind of stuff, there's a lot of, I don't know if they're rumours or we hear a lot of talk about, you know, there's certain foods that we shouldn't consume before a session, there's certain, you know, activities obviously we shouldn't do, there's certain things that we need to steer away from um, before uh, heading into the booth. Is there any sort of truth to that? <laughs> uh, most of it is nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> That being said, every body is different and everyone's mm. digestion is different and everyone's the way everyone's body deals with mucus and saliva is different. So the key to this, again, is awareness and a little food diary. So if okay. you feel like every time you eat bananas, you get more mucusy, write it down. And then, you know, something is reacting in your body that's making you feel a bit more mucusy. Like it's different for everybody. What 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 happens is we get these things, these sort of myths perpetuated that they make people panic. And then you get people giving up dairy and caffeine and spicy food and alcohol and hmm. this, that and the other. And it's just, God, can you imagine a life without any of those? Like, <laughs> no job's worth that. So my point is, don't panic, you know, hmm. um, track what's happening within your own body. The, the main culprits are dairy and coffee, usually. Okay. And honestly, if I told some of my clients they had to give up the morning coffee, they'd 
then leave. You know? <laughs> you don't need to. So the myth, but I'll, I'll I'll bust a couple of myths. And um, one is that coffee caffeine dehydrates your vocal folds is what you hear caffeine dehydrates dehydrates your voice and um caffeine itself can be a diuretic which means it makes you go to the toilet uh, which can dehydrate your body sometimes but you'd have to drink an insane amount of it in one go for that to have any effect on your vocal folds so caffeine as far as we know right now with the newest research is that it will not quote unquote dehydrate your voice so okay. you're fine. Um, what some people find maybe is that caffeine can exacerbate reflux if you've got reflux issues, hmm. which can cause excess mucus, which can cause a feeling of, you know, having to clear your throat all the time or having to swallow quite a lot or lots of mouth clicks. The other thing is that if you take milk in your coffee, because milk is thicker than water, the milk may hang around in your mouth a wee bit longer, make you feel a bit claggy in your mouth. So gotcha. it's not that it's dehydrating. It's not that it's forever making your mucus thicker. It's just that it's a thicker liquid. So yeah. it, it will coat the inside of your mouth a wee bit. So just don't have a coffee like eight seconds before you press record. Have your milky coffee an hour before, half an hour before, and then swill your mouth with water and on you go. So the coffee thing is mostly nonsense. Thank goodness, because most yeah. people need it. <laughs> what a relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then similarly with dairy, it's about if you have a particular lactose intolerance, then there may be issues within your body and that's for you to gauge, but dairy itself won't thicken the mucus on your vocal folds, quote unquote, because it doesn't go anywhere near them. Mm. Nothing you eat, drink, suck or swallow goes anywhere near your vocal folds. It goes down a different tube. Otherwise we'd die because <laughs> we choke. Um, so sometimes, yeah, a big, if you have a big cheese sandwich for your lunch, you might feel your mouth a wee bit a wee bit more mucusy because cheese is thick like anything else is thick and that might make you feel a little bit sticky um so it's just about giving yourself the time to get past it um and with spicy foods and stuff I, that's again very everybody's body processes those differently uh they make yeah. me burp a little bit <laughs> so i had a i had some accidentally spicy food yesterday and then i had to go do a workshop online and i was a little bit like okay and now you're just <laughs> uh, um, I reach up to the sky let's stretch out the ribs like I was, I, was a bit I was like what were you thinking well that's nothing to do with my voice it's just my body yeah. and then I was doing a wee chat with somebody else recently and they were talking about um gurgles you know belly gurgles yeah yeah and they were saying that after about an hour they get gurgles in their belly and they spoke to a like stomach specialist and said well yeah that's a very normal process so you just need to make sure that if you find your tummy gurgles an hour into your session, that's maybe when you have your first break or eat okay. earlier or eat later. So it's all about assessing who you are, how your body mm. reacts to these certain things and not panicking. And I always just like to mention as well that sometimes people like a reason for there being a problem. And it's much mm. easier for that problem to be, oh, well, it's the coffee, it's the milk, it's the spicy food. And it's much harder for them to admit that they actually need a little bit of coaching or a little bit of work in their technique. So I'm just going to mm. leave that hanging there. Absolutely. That's fantastic. I can't tell you how many people that's that's helped, <laughs> including myself. You've um, you've coached and worked with uh, talents such as uh, Denise Welsh, uh, Sarah Millican, Angela Batrick. When, when someone contra uh, contacts you interested in your services, 
Could you give us a rundown of what that process looks like? Do you do you offer you know weekly sessions? Is it a one-off consultation? Could you speak more about your your one-to-one coaching service? Yeah, sure. So I don't take anyone on without speaking to them first. Okay. Um, because they need to know I'm right for them, and I need mm. to know that I can help them, and I, I, and they're right for me. So we have a wee chat. I've just had a couple this morning actually. <laughs> we have a wee chat. Um, they tell me the problem. I tell them what I can offer and what I suggest, and then I have two packages at the moment. One is a two session package, and one is a six session package. Mm. I don't offer one offs anymore because I don't find them hugely bad. They're not as beneficial for people as um, as a little bit more commitment and accountability. Mm. So the six session package is like six hour long sessions plus a load of support in between. So you can call me and be like, what's happened to my voice? Or I just did this read. What do you think? Or, you know, it's about a forming a relationship because voice can be quite um, exposing and, and mm. your voice is connected to your psyche and who you are and breath and tension. And, and that can sometimes bring some stuff to the surface. And I need to know that I like people to know that they can trust me and you know, that we have a relationship. So six sessions is about that. And it's about a journey that yeah. we go on together. Two sessions is sometimes for people who've already done six and they want a bit of a top up or they've never done any coaching before and they're terrified and they want to give it a go and see how it works. So yeah, I absolutely love it. I love the bespoke nature of one-to-one and I love that every single client, even if it seems like they have the same issue, always ends up needing something slightly different to work with. You know, it's Mm. really good. It's really exciting and it keeps me on my toes and constantly training myself to make sure I'm ahead of everything. Um, But yeah, I also do like the the online courses, which have been amazing during lockdown because sometimes pre, pre, pre Pando, pre Panny D, um, people were a bit scared of online coaching, I think sometimes. And I would meet people and go, I'd love to work with you, but I live too far away. And I'd be like, mm. well, I work online. Um, but now everyone's online, which is amazing. Even yeah. for me, like I've been able to coach with all kinds of people all over the world that I wouldn't have been able to get training with otherwise. It's brilliant. Mm. So I love the online stuff because it's like little communities and I'm kind of obsessed with like bringing people together and making people be friends. So yeah. like every course you do has lovely little communities that come out of it and it's gorgeous. Same when I have my retreats. So I run voice retreats as well at our place here in um, Northumbria. And every little retreat goes away like with its own little WhatsApp group and everybody's buddies and it's really nice. So yeah, yeah it's about relationships for me ultimately. So I, I saw that um, the Ultimate Voice Getaway Retreat um, is happening in March, um, I believe. Yes, there's um, still a space, actually, if anybody wants to join. I'd love to know know more about this retreat. Could you could you give us, you know, what one could expect from, from uh, you know, it's attending? It's amazing. <laughs> when I first started these retreats, I was like, everyone will leave with all the answers and it will be amazing. And then people came for the retreat and all of a sudden I realised that retreats aren't about finding the answers and having hmm. all the cures. It's actually about dialogue and discussion and being curious and opening yourself up to the things that you might need to work on. So so basically, here's how it works. Uh, everyone arrives on the Thursday night and I cook dinner and we get to know each other a bit and have a little chat. Then Friday, Saturday daytime, we spend in a gorgeous little studio in Northumberland National Park. And we do loads of really indulgent voice work. It's like body, breath, massage release it's like very drama school vibes and some people yeah. have had done it before and some haven't um but it's all about connecting with your body your breath um finding vocal variety and exploring the voice and then onto articulation and stuff 
And then the next, uh, that's the first day. And then the second day is like half that plus any troubleshooting if people have particular things that have come up the day before. And then mm. the final bit on the last day, we tend to work with some text. So um, if, you know, I had one group that happened to be all audiobook narrators. So we did some audiobook text. And mm. then another one was voiceover folks. So we did voiceover stuff. And then another group was a mix. So we just did poetry and things. But we work with words then and we bring all that lovely stuff we've developed onto the voice itself and saying things. And there's a lot of time, and this is what I, I don't think I appreciated when I first set the retreats up. I was all about, we need as much voice work as possible, as much voice work as possible. And yes, we do, but also there's time in between. So we have a two hour break every day on those two days where we're in the studio mm. um, to, to go for walks and like explore the area and just holistically relax and release and, you know, get some air and get some energy going. And I do little guided walks. And if the weather's nice, we do wild swimming in this waterfall near me. And we have some really good food and have a lovely time. So it's a really yeah. holistic top down uh, experience. It's like mind, body, breath, loads of crack. We have it here at our place. We've got like hot tubs in the garden and a bar and nice. it's gorgeous. It's just great. So yeah, if you want to come, there's space, there is a wee bit of space on the March one if anybody wants to come join. I think especially for those who record from home, I bet it's a real treat to get with, you know, your peers, in, you know, in the flesh and, and really just sort of be immersed in it for a couple of days. I bet, I bet that's a real treat. And actually, the thing I find most with voice mic users, because I tend to specialize in mic users, really, is that sometimes we forget we have a body. <laughs> like <laughs> It's about your mind reads the words and they go into the microphone and that comes out of your mouth and the mouth leads, you know, your voice comes from your vocal folds and that's that yeah and the, the thing about like the amount of tensions and stuff that we can hold and carry because of that headspace and that mindset is remarkable so they get people here and i'm like yeah but is it's doing a bit of stretches is that enough should i do more of this should i try this da, da, da. and people get there and they go oh my god i've just i've just let go of like a year's worth of tension and now i feel amazing <laughs> we haven't even made a sound you know it's <laughs> Uh, it's beautiful and it's lovely. I, I've, it's a real, like, I don't want to sound like a bleeper, but like, it's a real pr privilege to be able to hold that space for people and, yeah. and um, yeah, and facilitate that. It's lovely. So it's a voice retreat rather than like just voiceover. Um, mm -hmm. Although a lot of people there end up being voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> There is, um, as as we've mentioned um, before, there is also uh, the vocal empowerment program. Now, I believe this uh, is it. This spans six weeks. Yeah, so yeah. it's um, six weeks of training over seven weeks. So we have three weeks and then a break to catch up, and then three mm. weeks. And it's really it, it it's born out of the fact that I was getting a lot of people coming into my one to one with the same sorts of issues, mm -hmm. which was that. They didn't know how to warm up properly and they didn't know where to start or they'd been warming up for a while, but wasn't really sure why they were doing it and what it was doing. Um, they had a warm up that they learned in drama school like 30 years ago, <laughs> but they probably needed a bit of an update. Yeah. And it's, it was about showing people and giving them the confidence to know how to look after their voice every day and every eventuality for all the recording. So mm. it's really about giving them a massive, we do loads of exploring our bodies and our breath and our sound and our speech. And I give loads of exercises to prepare and develop the body, the breath, the sound and the speech. And then it culminates with us um, 
working to piece everything together into little routines so that you come away with a decent warm up, you come away with a reset routine, you come away with a slightly longer, more meditative practice that's maybe body and breath focused that you want to do once a week. Hmm. And the whole point of the program is so people can sort of not need me anymore. <laughs> but the result yeah. of which is means my one to one sessions are much more specific and bespoke now, because if people just need to work on warm up some stuff, I recommend they do this because it's really fun. And it's really empowering and, and that's the point and exciting to come away going, oh, I know what to do now. Um, sometimes I feel people are just a bit scared to warm up about, you know, they're scared of what noises they should make and whether they're healthy or, or yeah. right for their voice. So it's just about exploring the vocal capacity, exploring loads of exercises to play and develop it and then piecing it all together. So you're coming away going, yeah, I know what to do. This is brilliant. And we also have a a bonus session from an amazing lady who helps us with habits, um, okay. which is becoming more and more a key pillar for me is the idea that I can give you all the tools in the world, but if you're not going to do them, then mm. what's the point? So she comes in and she helps us look at our daily routines, value what habits are and how to set good ones so that you can set a good warm up habit. There is um, it mentioned on the um, on the website when I was having a look at the uh, the courses. Um, and it mentioned tongue training and jaw release training. And I just, I, I just wondered if you could maybe you know, elaborate on this and what this may, may entail. So the jaw release week was the first ever online course I ever, ever did. Like in the middle of the, at the start of the pandemic, I just set up the vocal, the voice and accent hub, which is my Facebook mm. group. And I was like, well, I'll do a week course and I'll see what happens. So it was like. Everybody joined up 10 minutes a day for five days. And I did a little bit of theory about your your jaw and a little bit of release of the jaw, basically, because mm. jaw tension is one of the uh, one of the elements of um, your voice and your instrument that can lead to like excess tension and mm. ongoing um, vocal health issues in terms of consistency and vocal tiredness and things. Um, but also the reason I did jaw then was because jaw release is also quite a um like mentally connected tension you know and we'd all been locked down and it was all a bit crazy and yeah. being stuck with your family and not being able to say the words that you want to say you clench your jaw and it yeah. became it was great it went really well so so i just basically recorded all the sessions and now you can just download it so it's like 10 minutes a day working on jaw release and yeah. that really helps with vocal freedom Oh, and then the tongue yeah. one was like the next idea for that then. So it was like yeah. same format. You get a little video into your inbox every day with me going, hiya, here's an exercise <laughs> for your tongue. And then I go, la, 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 la. And we do it together and it's great. And I've got but, tongue release is brilliant for vocal freedom. It's brilliant for reducing vocal fatigue. And yeah. it's really good for clarity as well and expression. Yeah, I'm really going to have to check these out. <laughs> yeah, I do. They're good fun. So um, accents are a common obstacle for narrators and, and voiceover artists, etc. Um, you can be halfway through narrating a series and suddenly there's a, a big character in book four that has an accent that you've never attempted before. And I'd love to know your, your process uh, of working with voice talent and actors on how to approach speaking with a, a particular accent, especially if, you know, if it's one that you really struggle with. With any accent... Um, particularly for audiobooks, because I know it's part of your toolkit as an audiobook narrator. You have to do mm. loads of accents. And yeah, they can just spring up out of nowhere. Mm. Is to remember that it's 
as much it's as holistic as any kind of voice creation process so you've got to think about the energy behind the accent on that Mm -hmm. person you've got to think about the shape of the mouth so where's the tongue how wide are the lips what's going on with the jaw you've got to think about uh, the tonal quality as well so how is it a nasal accent is it slightly more pharyngeal and down in the back or is it oral or Mm. um so it's not just about doing a couple of random sounds it's a completely holistic, fully rounded process. And you've also got to really think about a little bit as much as you can within the realms of the fact that sometimes with audiobooks, you've got to say one line in 400 different accents yeah. is approach it with respect and understanding for the culture to which that accent belongs, be that Birmingham or South Africa or wherever mm. um, accents. There's a great quote in the book, how to do accents. And it's something like, um, accents don't exist in a vacuum you know they're they're live and they're like influenced by uh, culture and music and people and lifestyle and you have to you have to approach every accent with that element of respect and understanding like broad strokes and um stereotypes just don't cut it yeah i think that's tremendously important there's a testimonial um, on your website from Sarah Millican, who I, I just adore, by the way, where she states that because of your support and expertise, uh, she was able to get through 225 stand-up shows. I mean, that is crazy, you know, it, it, just mind-blowing. Um, but I'd love to know a little more about the advice and practices um, that you give and perhaps gave Sarah ahead of the tour. Um, as I think there are many narrators and voice artists that can relate to, obviously, you know, using their voice for hours and hours a day for months on end. Um, like, what can we do on a on a regular basis for the aids, you know, longevity? Yeah, she's like the hardest working in comedy, I swear. Um, ultimately, for me, in those extreme environments, whether it's long term tours, whether mm. it's waking up every day and doing six, seven hours of audiobook recording, whether it's a game, any of that stuff with voice, it comes down, I think, primarily to two things. One is an understanding of breath Mm. and one is release of tension. If you can get, if you can sort of release as much excess unnecessary tension as possible within the body and the vocal tract, and you can work on your alignment to make sure that all your muscles can release and move and you can find mobility in the body and then Mm. mobility in the breath and flow in the breath, then you're onto a winner. And you can also, you sort of also have to understand with breath, that um, most people work with too much breath or get really hung up on like big breaths in and having loads of breath. So finding Mm. a balance and flow in the breath is crucial. And then the second thing is, yeah, release of tension in the vocal tract itself. So releasing the tongue root, the jaw, uh, the soft palate, the throat, all that kind Mm. of stuff, which through no coincidence is also linked to use of breath so if your breath flow if your your breath flow is out of whack then your jaw is going to be tense and your tongue is going to be tense because they're going to have to help the vocal the larynx do its job so it's about breath and release of tension and those two things um paired with a really acute constantly evolving awareness of what your voice needs mm-hmm. and not just doing what everybody else does because somebody says you should are the key i think and mm-hmm. consistency like five minutes a day okay you do not need to spend hours little and often so one of make it one of your habits one of your daily it has habits to be, yeah yeah, yeah. It has to be. 
The Voice Coach podcast has helped and continues to help so many people in the industry not only learn more about the ins and outs of why our voices do certain things, but learn practices and strategies for, you know, longevity, as we've just spoken about, um, overall vocal health and, and empowering your voice. I'd love to know how this podcast came about and, and what is it about the, the podcast medium that, that suited you in order to get these these important messages out there? So it came about because I really enjoyed doing the voiceover social podcast with Leah. We've been doing that for about mm, six years, maybe, mm. by the time. And it was then when I suddenly realized how much of a podcast not I was. I listened to podcast loads. I get my own training a lot from podcasts. And I loved the fact that there are no barriers. The barriers to listening to podcasts and having training via podcasts are very minimal. Mm. Like all you need is access to the internet and a and a way of listening there's no fee involved basically yeah um, and that was really important to me so the first thing was i love podcasting as a medium the second thing was it kind of made sense to me because it's about voice and voice only and we're better to do that but in a voice only medium and then i think the third thing i could find loads of podcasts on singing but mm. not a lot on spoken voice mm-hmm and I was like, why is that? And I wanted it to feel like a training program. You know, there were singing podcasts out there that were like, do these exercises, do these exercises. And there was none. Of, there were a few public speaking podcasts and there were a few people talking about voice, but there wasn't really a, a podcast about spoken voice that was like, OK, here we go. Let's do this exercise. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to offer. I wanted to show people little tiny snippets and how much that could help with like really minimal, <laughs> minimal input. Um, so I think it mainly came about from the out of tenacity to make voice training as accessible to anybody who who wanted it. Like I, I, I really struggled with the fact that voice training, even when I was training as a voice practitioner, I had this amazing training with so many amazing, incredible people who do all they can to get voice work out to the greater population. But it felt shrouded behind, you know, the doors of people who could afford who needed public speaking coaches for massive gigs or for because yeah. they were politicians or because they were huge public speakers or because they were actors. And I was like, that's not fair. Like voice is such a brilliantly holistic practice that it can help anybody. Like I feel like voice training should be in schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like understanding, releasing your attention and like working with your breath and all that kind of stuff is so beneficial. And I was like, well, I want anybody who can find a podcast to be able to get at this without it having to cost them any money. So that Mm. was sort of the main thing behind it. Plus, I'm really comfortable on the mic and I find it really uh, easy to create. (laughs) So if I'd started a YouTube channel, it probably would have lasted about two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) But with podcasts and like it just was a really convenient, easy way for me to do it as well. Well, I think on behalf of, uh, I know many of the listeners on this show, I yeah, just want to thank you for doing it because it's, uh, it's a tremendous help. Um, I wanted to um, to leave you with um, a question that I get asked quite a lot um, from listeners of this show. And it's all to do with um, the majority of the listeners of this show um, are starting out their the voiceover you know, careers and audiobook uh, narration careers around like a full-time job meaning that they have to record super early in the morning before you know the rest of their day or perhaps really late at night uh, once they finish the shift and which and especially if you're recording really early in the morning um, you don't have a lot of time obviously you have to get as much done in the shortest amount of time and I just wondered is what can they kind of is there anything that they can be doing if they if you have to record super early in the morning perhaps not 
you know, your voice hasn't fully woken up yet. Perhaps they haven't become adjusted to the day. Is there any sort of helpful tips that you can you could give us for, for those in those situations? Yeah, of course. So up, keep your hydration up all the time. You know, make sure you're systemically hydrated, i.e. you're taking in a lot of fluid in your diet or by drinking um wet things as much as possible and the other thing is if you're recording early in the morning try not to eat too late at night so try and stop uh i think you need to leave about three hours probably before you go to bed minimum um just to make sure your body can digest and there's no risk of any kind of reflux or indigestion because that will uh, can cause issues with the voice and excess Mm -hmm. mucus so you might know that that's an issue if you feel like every morning you're a bit croaky or every morning you have to clear your throat a lot or you feel that you've got loads of mucus that might be linked to some kind of um, reflux situation so try not to eat too late at night and the other thing is get up and get your body moving as quickly as possible Uh, and then once you've got your body moving do a few exercises that are so semi-occluded vocal tract exercises basically are really good for getting the breath and the vocal folds ready shifting Mm -hmm. the mucus and getting you ready to go so anything like a a classic one is a lip trill if you don't like lip trills then a gentle puffy kind of mouth trumpet like is really nice also ths um, or puff any puffy fricative is really good so get the body going get your vocal folds vibrating safely through a nice semi-occluded vocal tract exercise keep your fluids up and don't be midnight snacking <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> it is difficult <laughs> Before we uh, before we come to a close, I'd just like to ask, uh, is there anywhere in particular you would like to direct our audience uh, to find out more about your services, uh, projects, anything, that, anywhere that you would like to direct their attention to? I think probably my Instagram is probably the quickest way. So I'm at Nick Red Voice. And in my bio link there is links to the Vocal Empowerment Programme, the retreat, the podcast, everything you could possibly need. Um, if you're not on Instagram, just go to my website, nicolaredmond.com. Fantastic. And uh, all of the links to uh, to Nick's website, social media, services mentioned, um, and uh, the Voice Coach uh, podcast uh, can be found in the show notes. Um, and, and that just about does it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, another huge thank you to you, Nick, for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've had a lovely time. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much. Frustrated by the royalty rates for your audiobook? Annoyed that when the digital distributors say 70% royalties, they actually mean 70% of 50% or 80% of 70%, neither of which is an actual 70%. Wishing there was a way to cut out the middleman? Yet, you want your audiobook listeners to have a smooth and positive experience, and a direct download sale from your website won't deliver that. We at Pro Audio Voices hear you. Out of our commitment to our author clients, we've created Amplify, a program that provides an actual 65% of the sales price that you set, that gives you access to your customers' names and emails so you can reconnect with them, and keeps you in the driver's seat. Check it out at ProAudioVoices.com. You'll find Amplify in the marketing menu. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Audiobook Club. This episode was sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, 
If you have a story you want to bring to life, head over to ProAudioVoices.com to get in touch with industry professionals that can take care of every step of production, as well as offer support and guidance with marketing, growing your brand, and boosting your sales. Once again, that's ProAudioVoices.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.